this was about as bizarre and as easy as it gets. So the number for me was a number that would allow me to never have to work. I feel like we got top, top, top. I went from a sale of you know five hundred thousand dollars to in debt. One hundred ninety-two million dollars. This is Built to Sell Radio with your host John Warlow. Okay, so what are the numbers on your company's dashboard? My guess is you look at your company's revenue and profitability, which are two great metrics to track, but there are another eight key drivers of the value of your company that go well beyond just revenue and profitability that are the things that acquirers want to know about. Going and getting your value builder score will help you look at your business through the lens of an acquirer. It takes about 15 minutes to do. Go to valuebuilder.com to get your score. So there's an old saying that goes, revenue is vanity and profit is sanity. <laughs> My next guest, Mitch Durfee, learned that one the hard way. He built a company up to a point where he was employing 20 people, $1.4 million in revenue, yet the company was worthless in his own estimation with more than $100,000 in debt. He turned it around, and Mitch will go through and describe how he went about turning around the business, focusing in on a specific element of the business that he thought would scale. Here to tell you the rest of the story is Mitch Durfee. Mitch Durfee, welcome to Built to Sell Radio. Wow, what an honor. <laughs> hey, man, it's, uh, it's great to chat with you. I can't wait to hear about this company, Grunt Moves Junk. <laughs> awesome. So what, what did you guys do? So Grunt's Move Junk was almost specifically designed to put our veterans back into the workforce. Uh, when I came back from Afghanistan, yeah, I kind of struggled with finding my place on the rock, trying to figure out what it was that I was supposed to do. And I got into real estate. And while I was in real estate, because I was deployed for so long, I didn't really know anyone. And having a network in real estate is pretty crucial if, it come, if you're trying to sell real estate. But what I saw was this opportunity where like every week I would see an email come up and I'm like, hey, does anyone know anyone that can do some moving? Like, is there, is there anyone that can help me move this weekend? And I had a lot of veteran friends that were coming back from overseas and, and they were looking for work. And I'd reach out. I'm like, hey, I have these two friends over here that, you know, that could help out this weekend. And it kind of just kind of clicked where it's like, in order for me to maybe supplement my moving business or my, my real estate business, maybe I kind of create this moving business. And within the first six months, we had 12 employees and it kind of just took off from there. Wow, that's fantastic. So what, was, what were you selling? So you're selling moving services um, to homeowners? Can you describe the, the kind of customer you were selling to? Yeah. So when we first started off, our, our big mission was kind of junk removal and moving business. And, and that was just built out of the necessity of when people are moving out, they were getting rid of stuff and they had to move their other stuff to their new homes. So the two services that we offered were, were essentially just moving and junk removal services to Got homeowners it. and commercial. Yeah. Got it. And how did that evolve over time, Mitch? Like, take me through the trajectory of the business. Yeah. And well, being an entrepreneur and being like a, this visionary, uh, you know, when I started it, I thought it was, we were just going to do all these different things. And I remember like drawing out this like big picture. It's like, okay, well, we'll have a cleaning service. We'll have a moving service. We'll have a landscape service. We'll have a construction service. And I kind of like, you know, I had this big like picture in my office where it's like, how far can we go? And 
And as you know, uh, as you develop out too big, you actually get less efficient. So that, hap- that happened to of, you. Oh yeah, really. I mean, in the beginning, so we worked, we were doing a few different things and you know, the moving and junk was good. And then once we kind of had that rolling, we started offering other services. It was our customers that asked us if we did other services because they were so, um, I guess, excited about the services we offered. So they kept asking us to do more and we just thought, okay, we'll just hire a couple more people. Like what kind of stuff, what, what kind of stuff did you start doing? So we started doing landscaping. Uh, even in the winter, we started doing snow plowing. Uh, we started doing painting, cleaning services, and just got really diluted with what our original business was about. Uh, Cause it was originally grunts move junk. It wasn't grunts cleanup or grunts landscaping or grunts painting. It was just grunts move junk, but we were still doing all of these different services under the same name. So was your customers asking you to, to sort of to diversify in this way? Yeah. Well, we, we provided a really high level of service. Like we we're uniform, we we're professional, we we're on time. We'd send follow-up emails after the fact. And our customers just, they loved what our mission was about, which was putting our veterans back into the workforce. So they wanted to keep giving us work. Like anytime they had a project, they would come to us and ask us, Hey, do you guys do this service? And of course, being like the young business owner, it was like, yes, we can do that. (laughs) Even though it wasn't our specialty. So what happened? Well, after a few years of, of doing this, we, you know, the construction side of our business, because we were doing painting and, and construction. Well, we got, we got a little too big. Uh, we did a couple projects for construction, commercial projects. And then we, we took on this really big, really big build out. And, you know, we had project management teams in place, the contracts in place, but the project just kept getting bigger as more opportunity was provided to the, the customer. What was the project you were and, doing? Well, we were building, we were building a brewery, um, a, a new event space for a brewery. And, and the project just, you know, they kept adding on new sections, but we weren't really staying on top of like, okay, Hey, we didn't do a change order because it was like in the beginning, it was an hourly contract. We would just do the work with what they needed. And when they added a new project on, I guess, you know, their estimate and their minds were, okay, well, we can just keep adding on these projects, but it's not going to cost us more. And then something fell through on finances on, on their side, um, to the best of my knowledge. And at that point in time, we, you know, we realized that, okay, well, we're never going to get paid unless we, we fund this and finish it. Otherwise it's going to be an empty building with, you know, with a, it's all built out, but no, you know, the, the tile's not done, the walls aren't painted, the, the lights aren't hung. So we kind of took it on ourselves to be like, okay, well, at this point in time, we're either both going to lose or, and, and we're going to look like the bad person that doesn't finish the project. So it was kind of like this balance where it's like, okay, we can fund it until it's done. If it's done, then we can figure out a payment plan. So we kept going forward and we kept asking for, we reduced what we were asking for, for the payments. And to a point where we got almost a hundred thousand dollars in debt and it got to a point. And I remember it was in the middle of December when it's like, okay, we just can't do this anymore. Like the walls are up, the lights are on, the floor's done. We worked you know, straight through the night to try to finish these projects so that they could have these big events at the end of the year, you know, the new year's Eve event, the Christmas holiday parties and all these things so that we could hopefully start getting some payments from the income that would come in. And then 
they decided that they were not going to pay us and had absolutely no intention of paying us. So you're and, a, you're a hundred thousand dollars in in debt. Give me a sense of your top line, Mitch, at this point, and like an, the annual yeah. revenue from the company. What, what what's what's your annual yeah. revenue? We're doing about one point four million dollars a year in in um, annual gross. And number number and of employees at that point. We had twenty employees. 20 employees in one location. We had a second location with another owner and he had another six there. So he was doing about another 500 K and uh, yeah. So just shy of, you know, 2 million. And how did for, you, how did you finance the debt? So you're taking on this hundred thousand dollars in debt. Are, mm-hmm. Like, have you got a bank loan or are you using credit cards? Like what's, what's your mechanism for financing that? Yeah. Owner financing. So I, I was pulling money from other businesses that I had um, because I was investing in real estate for the last five years and, and, you know, the money that I was using for other projects, typically my flip homes and those kind of things, I was, I was pulling money from those. And then I got down to a point where my savings was drawn, <laughs> my check rings was drawn, my, my credit cards were, were like dipping into the, you know, I couldn't, you know, I use the, an Amex. So every month I have to pay it off and it's like, hey, there's no way I'm going to be able to pay this. And I got to a point where it's like, I, I, I mean, I remember going out and, and just plowing, like we had a snowstorm. It's like, like, I'm not going to be able to cover payroll. And, and I always lived by two golden rules in my business. And it was always pay my vendors and pay my employees. Like everything else after that, I can figure out. But those two golden rules that I would never break ever in a business. So when we had the snowstorm, I'm like, okay, this is my chance to, to go out and maybe make a little bit of money so I can cover payroll this week. And I did. I worked... 30 hours straight, straight through the night. And that's actually, it's funny. Cause my, like during this week, it, like just the week before, well, one of my uh, amazing friends, Jay Cummings recommended a book called built to sell to me. I've heard of that. And yeah, it's a great book. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember like out there plowing, like thinking to myself, like, like I can remember, I can remember the driveway that I pulled into and I'm like, let me turn this book on. Um, and I turned it on and I started listening to it and and when the, and throughout the night, I kind of like, I'm like, man, this is, I just could not turn it off. And I, I think I listened to that thing for the next you know 20 hours straight, just at, at two X. So I listened to that thing, you know, between a half a dozen times and it's like, this is what's wrong with my business. And, and this is why we're, this is why we're losing because we got distracted by doing too many things when we're a moving company, like we're a moving company and we're a junk removal company. Why are we trying to do all these other things? And, and and then like the next morning, I remember like I pulled into a gas station and uh, to get a coffee and it's like, I can't, you know, and I was like in tears. I'm like, I have to make these decisions right now. I have to, I have to make the most difficult decisions of my life because, you know, we built these relationships with these, with my friends. I mean, it was like a family to me, all these people that we were working with and they were the construction side. And I remember calling up, you know, the project manager, my, you know, my amazing friend and still to this day, a good friend and just telling him like, like we got to meet, man. I can't, I can't do this right now. Um, like we're so far in debt that like, and, and he, I knew he knew, but I don't know if he knew how far in debt we were. Um, but it was like, we have to make change or we have to shut this down. And it's like, even if I shut this down, it's going to take me like a year to even dig myself out of this business. And you know, in your book, even like, it's like my business is worth nothing. I can't even sell it right now. Like, even if I tried to sell my business, who's going to pay for a company that just took this huge hit, even though the other two sides of my business, the moving and junk business are doing extremely well. So 
we made those tough decisions. And on January 1st, we cut a third of our business and five, you know, almost five hundred six hundred thousand dollars of our business. We just said no more. Don't ever take another project on. What is it that and, you cut Mitch? Like what kinds of projects did you cut? Yeah, we, we got very lean. We went, we cut all the painting. Um, I didn't do any more. I said, I don't want to plow anymore. Like, you know, all these projects that weren't scalable. So no more plowing, no more painting, no more construction, no more cleaning, exclusively junk and moving. That's the only two things that we're going to do now. And I mean, even like, there was just, it was probably like I said, the hardest part of, of owning a business is, is being in debt and making that decision. And then right after we made that decision, uh, you know, we lost quite a few employees, you know, managers that decided that if we're not going to do these projects, they don't want to be a part of the team. So we got very, very lean. We were down to like eight employees. So you went from, you went from 20 to eight employees. Yeah. And, and we were in debt. And then on top of all that, that week we got audited for our workman's comp because of all the extra hours we were putting into this project. And we got hit with another $30,000 workman's comp um, collection. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like how much more can a guy take in business? Like when I, you know, my mission was to just put that back into the workforce. And I felt like everything was just weighing down on me. And, uh, I've made the decision to sell my personal vehicle. Uh, it's like, okay, this is the only thing I can do to, so I, I worked with the workman's comp to create a payment plan. You know, they still needed like half of it down. And then I still needed to come up with, with payroll for the, the guys for another two weeks. So I sold my, I remember driving down, I drove actually four hours to try to sell my truck. Um, I drove, I sent pictures, I sent emails. I, I got a quote over the phone, like what they would pay for it. I drove all the way down there for four hours. And I remember getting to the dealership and they're like, they're like they take it out, they test drive it. They come back they're like, oh, is there another vehicle on the lot you're interested in today? And I'm like, no, I'm just looking to sell this one vehicle like we talked about. And they said, well, we can't actually, can't actually just give you a cash for this. You know, we can do a trade in if you're interested. And I'm like, we already talked about this. <laughs> We've already been through this. Um, and they said, well, we can't buy it today. So I drove four hours all the way down to try to sell a vehicle to come up with enough payroll to get rid of the, to, you know, to cover the business and keep it alive for another week. And, and they said, no, it's like, <laughs> so I'm driving home. I'm about two hours home. And I'm, um, I'm just thinking to myself, like, what can I possibly do in this situation? And, and there was another dealership that was down by my house. And I actually, you know, I kind of just, I got off the highway and like, I was getting ready to, to pass the exit. I'm like, let me just stop in real quick. And it was about 7.30 at night. And, you know, they closed in another hour or so. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm just interested. I wonder if you guys would be interested in buying this vehicle. They're like, sure. Yeah. And they actually gave me like $2,000 more than what the other place that I drove four hours for. And, and in that moment of time, I had a little bit more cash flow. And we got very, very lean and specific on the jobs that we were doing. And one of our team members was like, I'm like, I called him up. I'm like, Hey man, what do you want to do? Like, like we can call it quits or we can try to rebuild this. And he's like, like, we have an amazing business. We know what we're doing. Like every year we get better. You know, if we didn't get burned on this last project, then, then we would have had an incredible year. You know, we would have, we would have crushed that year. And he's like, let's just keep going with it. Let's, let's do this. I believe in what we're doing. Let's go forward. And without him, you know, I, I might've quit that day. Um, and, you know, and Max, you know, I would say Max, uh, Costas, you know, turned everything around for me. And when we started implementing procedures, just like we got very clear on our hiring processes. We got very clear on our systems and procedures. 
we turned down other businesses. In fact, we created relationships with other contractors to refer us business. And with those relationships, Mitch, were you getting paid like a spiff if you referred someone over to another company? Did you get a, a commission or some sort of referral? Yeah, we got kickbacks all the time for referring things out to other um, people that were specialized in that business. They'd give us 10% of some of the sales. And it's like, why were we doing all this headache work before when we could just focus on what we were good at? <laughs> and it's like, and we're still getting paid for for making the referral, so, which was an easier business. So you focus in on just doing a remo- like uh, moving and junk removal. Maybe go through the process in your own mind. I mean, describe for 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 folks because I think a lot of people listening to that would be really uh, nervous to walk away from all that revenue, right? They they've they built a company up. Um, you know, part of what makes us proud is be able to say our top line, right? Like we're at you know a million four, and and that sort of lets us puff out our chest and feel good about that. Right. I'm assuming that that was tough for you to sort of walk away from all that revenue. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was extremely tough. Like, you know, we, I remember pulling up my balance sheet and my, or my profit and loss and be like, okay, well, this is what we're doing here. This is what we're doing here. I'm like, like, there's no way we're going to be able to cover our expenses if we just go back to this and just do these two things. It's like, we're spending all this money here. And, and, but the truth is if you like 80, 20, like really a majority of our profits were coming from these two services. So even though we were, you know, our, our top line was very well, like, you know, over that, you know, by cutting this, we were going to go below a million again. And it's like, you know, over these years, we built this million dollar company and, and to kind of sink below that, like you said, it's a little bit of a pride thing, but at this point it was more of a survival thing. It's like, we don't really have a choice. Like, we have to make this decision. Was having a million dollar company, a goal of yours? Yeah. Yeah. When we first started off, um, you know, I, I just, I, I knew it from like in my soul that this business could be, you know, originally my original goal was 10 locations in 10 years, all doing a million dollars. That was the original goal. Cause it meant that, you know, these 10 veterans are going to have million dollar businesses, which was a huge goal for me. And I can remember when we, the first year we did about 400,000 and then it's like, okay, well, if these systems are working, well, let's scale up. Right. And let's, let's shoot for a million. And I think it was, let's see, we were in business for eight months. So 14. So we started in like April. So it was eight months. And then by like the next, uh, it, was, it was like 18 months total, 20, within 20 months, we were doing, we did over, we did our first million. That's what it was in 14 months. So we did 400,000. And then within 14 months, we did a million. And then that end of the year, we're like, maybe we can do a million dollars in one period. And we did like 1.1 million or something like that. I was like, oh, it was 1 million like $30,000 or something like that. It's like, we did it. <laughs> but it was, it was, a, that was a huge, huge like milestone for a business. And even to this day, like sometimes I kind of look back and it's like, well, yeah, like it wasn't that hard of a journey, but it, it was difficult. And I think a lot of businesses out there kind of struggle with figuring out how to get to that seven figure um, business. What was it about the seven figures of revenue for you personally? Like, why was that goal important to you personally? Um, honestly, because I felt like it was something that, you know, I was in the army when I was deployed to Iraq, I made $28,000. I, I worked 84 hours a week, 365. I didn't take a single vacation. I, it was like prison. And 
And to go from like $28,000 a year working that hard, like, and, and I saw other people that were, that were making millions of dollars and doing, having these million dollar businesses. And it's like, I'm working harder. I'm overseas. I'm, I'm putting my life on the line every day. Like this is not an easy job. And, and I'm looking at this, you know, like from, from being in the military to owning a business, like I felt like if I could bridge that gap, I could pave the way for so many other people. And, and that was important to me, like showing that, like, you don't like, yes, this is a great service, like, you know, doing things for our country, but, but giving them a financial avenue that, or a path that they could follow and kind of like become this lighthouse. So other vets or people that are in that situation where it's like, I'm not living up to my full potential. Cause it's painful to know that you're not living up to your full potential. And I just want to be able to kind of shorten that path for as many people as possible. All right, so let's get back into the story. So you go from a million foreign revenue doing all sorts of stuff and you you winnow stuff down. You say, we're going to focus in on just moving in junk. What what were the revenues the next year? So how much did you generate? In yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, that January, I think we made like $20,000. Like we, I mean, we cut back hard. It's like, wow, that was, that was painful. But by April, we were, Back over a hundred thousand, um, you know, we did a hundred thousand that year or that month, and then it was like, you know, one hundred and forty thousand, then one hundred sixty thousand. It's like because we just focused on the things, and it's like, like we were even, we were doing even bigger months now that we got rid of these other distractions because when people came in, they knew what they were doing, and we weren't having to cross train people, and it's and and people became experts in their field. And we could provide more value to our customers because we weren't running around to try to take on other jobs. It's like every day, here's the system. And it just it simplified everything. So we ended up crossing the million dollars again that year, um, which was amazing. <laughs> and what prompted you to want to sell, Mitch? Yeah. So at this point in time, after, after going through that, again, with your book, uh, there was that moment in time where it's like, my business isn't worth anything. So, you know, I listened to your book and I read your book and it was like, my business is worth nothing right now. This, like I built this company. If I tried to sell it right now, it's worth nothing. So it kind of put the, you know, the whisper in my ear to think, maybe I can sell this at some point. Like, what would I have to do in order to sell this? But the moment in time when I decided to sell it was mostly because I kind of hit the ceiling. Right. Like after, I mean, I pushed really hard to get to where it was. And then, like I said, we hit a million dollars again that year after taking that big hit. And it was like, okay, well this year let's expand it. Let's, let's go back now that we have our systems in place and we expanded into two more States. And, and it's like, okay, well just, just to kind of put a feeler out there. If I, if I was going to sell it, you know, what would I sell it for? And, and I listed it just to kind of, just to kind of get a feeler because at this time I was also investing in a lot of real estate and, and real estate's always been a big passion for me. And I kind of like with your systems and processes that were like in this book, like the company actually didn't really need me anymore. Like, so for 12 months, we got very clear on, on what we wanted to do with this business. And after about seven months and we started getting those big months, like the 160 months and uh, you know, the one forties, the one sixties, it was like, guys, uh, what do you want me to do today? 
you guys, do you guys still need me here? And I, you know, I took a vacation, which was incredible. That's, you know, when you're, when you're an entrepreneur and you can take a vacation and your business can, can kind of run without you. That's a, that's a very, very beautiful thing. And, um, and with the Tony Robbins business mastery and, you know, they're like, Oh, only 87%, 87% of businesses never sell. And I'm like, well, I think my business could probably sell one day. I'd, I'd like to be at 13%. <laughs> and, and like I said, the next like six months, the company was basically running and, and I, I would find myself, I'd go into the office and I would ask if they needed anything I would, and they'd be like, we got this, like, you know, we, you don't need to be here. I'm like, well, what process can we work on today? Like, is there something we can do? And, and I doubled down on the, the revenue and that's, and that's kind of why I started to focus on expansions because, you know, my company was running smoothly Their advertising and everything like that was already there. I couldn't really figure out any, any more, um, ways to like create like reoccurring revenue for the business. So expansion was really the only direction. So we reached out to a couple of our locations, uh, Arizona and Texas. And, you know, I traveled out there and helped them grow their business to get started. So we were in four locations. So you, you, fran- you franchised it, Mitch? We began to license. Yeah. Okay. The, fr- the franchising stuff was in place. Like we started doing the FTDs and everything like that, but we did licenses with the first couple to make sure that these were, they were successful. So we had two locations and then we brought on two more as like a license. Like, you know, here's something to, as we begin to franchise and we started investing in, you know, getting the franchise lawyers and that's when we got the offer. And it's like, oh man, what do I do now? Do I sell the company? So, Mitch, to be uh, clear, you had you had it listed for sale, uh, yeah. almost as a kind of feeler, yep. not super serious. But then you you received an inbound offer. What was your reaction to the offer? How did that come about? Uh, man, when when I got the when I got the interest, I'm like, Jesus, this really happening? It's a, it's tough, right? If you spend that much time building a business and building those relationships. It is like, it's a piece of you. Your business is almost your identity. And it, it was a challenge. Uh, first, I'm like, should I really sell it? And and I remember I actually, you know, I took a day off. I went to the spa and I kind of just hung out there in the sauna and I thought about it. I kind of like, you know, played it out. And I called Jay Cummings again. I said, Hey Jay, I got an offer. Like, what would you do? And he told me that he's like, if I were you, uh, I would hold on to it. I mean, you're sitting on this, this legacy. You could build this thing up as big as you, as you ever wanted it to be. And just and, so I'm and clear, Mitch, what's the kind of, where are you at right at this point in the, in the process? Like what's your revenue number of employees? Like yeah. Yeah. So we were about 16 employees. Um, and we were, we did like a, I think 1.2 million was, was that final year there. And that's when we got the offer. And so I would say, you know, one of the things that I would advise people is make sure you have, two good years of books, right? Like make sure your financial statements look good for the last two years. So you don't have to explain anything. Did, like if, if that, did oh, you have what? to explain, did you have to explain in something? Cause so you're doing a million two, you get this <clears throat> offer. Um, yeah. Before we get into that, that advice, I'd love to sure. just learn a little bit more about the offer. So you get the offer. Um, where did you list the business by the way? Like when you say it was listed, what, what do you mean by that? Yeah. I just listed it on biz by self. So you did it, you, you listed uh, so it yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and when the offer and when the offer came in, was did they like describe the offer? Was it did they say look we'll pay X dollars for it or X multiple? Like what was the offer? The description of the offer. 
Well, I listed it for for the price, okay. um, so I put it on, I put it right on there. Like this is what I'm looking for. And when they gave the offer, they offered you know full value, and it's and, like. And what did that what did that amount to? I know we can't talk about the exact number, yeah. but maybe on a multiple of earnings or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I listed it for two uh, x multiple of our EBITDA, and like I said, we were doing about one point two million at that point in time in revenue. Uh, yeah, in revenue and gross. Yeah, so. So we we just listed it with uh, okay. This is what I'll need to to kind of escape from the business and maybe give me enough to figure out what I'm going to do next. How did you come uh, to that which, price, by the way? What why why two times EBITDA? Like what what was your thinking well, there? Yeah, why two X? Um, I wanted to leave a little meat on the bone for for the next person. Uh, you know, so I think having it be like attractive for them to kind of come in and say, okay, within a couple of years, then. That I can be able to to pay off this, and as long as I make it run for a couple of years, then they're good. Um, but you know, I, in my mind, I know service businesses typically don't really sell for much more than a two and a half to like four and a half. Like I honestly, you know, again, if you go back a couple of years, like I didn't think my business was worth nothing. Like it was a service business that it had no value. And, and like I said, that year, you know, I, my my income statement was like thirty k. I'm like I. I cleared 30k after working an entire year. I'm like, am I back in the army again? <laughs> like, I just worked. At least I was. At least I was stateside. So I, you know, this is like 10 years later after being out of Iraq, and I'm like right back to 30,000. It's like, like why? <laughs> so it was a little bit of a, you know, and I, I carried that scar with me for for that year. And when the opportunity came up, it was it was like, I don't want to have to, you know, even though our systems and processes were in place. Like, I didn't want to have to go through that pain again. Um, and then the other part of it was like, we didn't have like, you know, we tried to put subscription models. There wasn't really subscription models. Like, so really the, and, and our, my business was running without me and, and I'm the entrepreneur. So, so I need to be able to, to really force businesses up. Like that's, that's what I like to do is go in and just create systems and processes and, and hire the right people and create like these referral systems where customers keep coming back to us but all that stuff was automated so it's like i guess i could just sit here and own the company and you know have it you know like like jay was saying have it be a cash cow or i could do what my heart wanted which was you know keep growing and and that's really why i think i decided to sell it because it was the you wanted that sense of of newness the sense of sinking your teeth into a new project Exactly. Yep. Exactly that. Fascinating. What What's the key? Um, you mentioned two years of financial statements, so you don't have to explain yourself. It sounds like that's that's something that you experienced personally. Like, what was? T- tell me about where you arrive at that that lesson. What was the story behind well, that? Yeah. Well, I think you know, for me, like I said, as we were going back over the books, he's like, "Well, what's going on with this year? Why is this year so so you know bad?" And then also. Like if I went back to my finance, if, you know, that one year after we went through this challenge, well, if, if next year I went through and I just cut more of those costs, because like I said, I spent a lot of money to have to rebuild these systems and processes. So that year wasn't even our full, full clean year. Like, you know, I invested a lot of money in the growth and uh, advertising and restructure and, and rehiring and, and bringing teams in just, just for the optimization of the business. So having like two years of financials, that that two x multiple would have been a lot more if I actually just spent one more year in the business. Mm. So so I, I'd say you know 
every year, if not every quarter, honestly, review your you know, your, your P&L for these, these things, especially if you're entertaining the idea of selling it. So for you, you think you might have left some money on the table. If had you had you had sort of two or three years of consistent growth using the same yeah. business model, you you may have done better. Oh yeah, I definitely would have. Yeah. But Mitch, I mean, it's an amazing story to go from from nothing clearly to to an exit. I mean, did you did you celebrate in any any special way? Did you buy yourself <laughs> a trophy? Did you at least get yourself a new car? Yeah. Uh, so. When I came back from Afghanistan, um, I actually took a job as a BMW mechanic. And I remember like working there, like with my earbuds in, like listening to audio books while everyone else is like listening to music in the shop. And I, I, these people would come in and I'd always ask them like, so what is that you do? What is it that you do? And they kept saying like, I'm a business owner. Or I own this business or, uh, or I work for myself. And it's like, and I'm like one day, one day I'm going to, I'm going to own a BMW. And so like literally the day after I sold the company, um, I like, I actually flew out of town, um, because like, I, I didn't pad myself enough time after like the sale of the company, I, which I, I would also advise, like, make sure you clear your schedule for, for a couple of weeks after sale, because there are going to be some things that come up, but I, I flew out to California cause I had that on my schedule already. And when I got back in town, I went to the the dealership. And I'm like, I want this car right here. And they're like, do you want to test drive it? I'm like, like, no, I, I know exactly what I want. I want that BMW, that, that, that four series right there. Uh, I've pictured it for a long time. And, uh, and I just love that car. The BMW four kind of series. Like iconic. Yeah. <laughs> the grand coupe. <laughs> awesome. I love it. That's great. Good for yeah. you. Way to celebrate. I think it's important <laughs> we celebrate these milestones with something, whether it's financial yeah. or otherwise. Good for you. Uh, Mitch, it's been great to have you on the show and to hear your story. Uh, thank you for your service as well. What, what's the best way for people to uh, to get in touch with you if, uh, if they want to reach out on social media? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, just at Mitch Durfee. And, and that's D-U-R-F-E-E, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Definitely reach out. Awesome. And there's a website. Can we, can, is there, do you have a website as well? Yep. You can find me at MitchDurfee.com. There's a, just M-I-T-C-H-D-U-R-F-E-E. And just uh, shoot me a message there anytime. Awesome. Mitch Durfee, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Built to Sell Radio with John Warlow. For complete show notes with links to additional resources, visit builttosell.com slash blog. John is the founder of the Value Builder System. To find out how to improve the value of your business by 71%, visit valuebuildersystem.com. John is also the author of Built to Sell, creating a business that can thrive without you, and the automatic customer, creating a subscription business in any industry. Connect with John at Facebook.com slash Built to Sell or on Twitter at John Warlow, W-A-R-R-I-L-L-O-W. Thanks for listening.